Welcome to the Curious Tiki Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Wyman, and I'm a B2B business development strategist, LinkedIn trainer, and curious thinking advocate. So what is curious thinking? Well, I believe that when you approach your business, your career, your sales, your marketing, and pretty much anything else by just being a bit more curious about what's going on around you, you'll enjoy what you're doing more, engage more with others around you, learn more, and be able to do more. It's not just about asking more questions either. It's about asking the right questions that will unlock all of the potential opportunities around you. And this podcast aims to help you learn from other curious thinkers about how you could grow your business, get your idea off the ground, pioneer change and more. This week's guest is Robin Poynton from Go Travel Solutions in Leicester in the UK. Now I met Robin about 15 months ago uh, and went to deliver some LinkedIn training for him and his team. And he has been offering sustainable travel solutions and consultancy since 2008 and has also launched two innovative new solutions to help other companies engage more with their staff called Smart Go and Local Go. Now, Robin is a very interesting character. He pours all of his passion, his values, and his energy into what he does, and he's built a very strong team that shares those values as well around him. He's got lots of information to share in terms of why sustainable travel is important, how he's working on trying to solve a problem that gains a lot of resistance in the market, and what he's doing to combat that. It's a great interview, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast, where I'm joined with Robin Poynton from Go Travel Solutions. Thank you so much, Robin, for joining me on this podcast. Yeah, really pleased to. Thank you, Charlie. Um, so I met Robin oh, probably about 15 to 18 months ago. Um, and uh, Robin has a company called Go Travel Solutions, but then is also uh, very forward thinking, very innovative around sustainable travel solutions and uh, was launching Smart Go at the time, but then also has another uh, solution called Local Go. So let's kick off this interview um, and just do you want to explain to us, you know, what uh, what Go Travel Solutions is all about and also what prompted you into launching Smart Go and then Local Go? Okay, so Go Travel Solutions, it all started back in 2008. Um, the initiation really around that, what actually created that opportunity really was a sense of, A, I was really interested in just getting setting something up. My wife, uh, she sets up her own business up two, two to three week, years earlier. And I just thought, yeah, if she can do it, then maybe, you know, I can do something here. Um, so there was a bit of that. There was also a bit of sense of actually, um, I really fancied um, looking to try and tie something together with my own personal values, uh, with business and experience. And so back in the day, I'd done a transport degree. I'd worked in public transport. I'd worked in local authorities. I'd worked with businesses. Um, and so many of those things that kind of came together and got blended together to form in what was then Go Travel Solutions. And, and, the, and the things we do now, you know, very much kind of reflect, you know, what we did 11 years ago, you know, started 11 years ago. So I'm really pleased that we've kind of kept true to the original spirit of what we were about and our ideals and principles. So that was then really, um, you know, and part of that sustainability connection really was connected with, with my own sort of Christian faith. You know, it wasn't about, you know, for me, it's not about then, it's not about now thinking, well, what can we just generate in terms of income? You know, the, it, there's a bigger picture. And that is the ever more, even more obvious now than it ever has been that actually, you know, we do need to really make some step changes 
around sustainability and you know the the bit that we can do which is only a small bit you know is thinking around the travel and transport piece so that's where that's where go travel solutions um you know comes in to basically make it very practical and give realistic and pragmatic um opportunities and ways that people can be more sustainable um you know we would probably combine combine you know we're you know, we have a kind of hard-nosed altruism to us. You know, we've got to be, you know, we've got to be realistic uh, what businesses can do. Um, you know, and I suppose that kind of combines, you know, I'm, I'm from Yorkshire, so I kind of want to sort of represent, you know, value, credibility, integrity in all that we do, uh, but also give people um, something which, as I say, helps them sort of on that journey towards actually, you know, embedding sustainability, you know, within travel and transport more. So that's the answer to the first bit, Charlie. The next bit you asked was about Smart Go and Local Go. So they have come out more recently as we kind of worked in different markets. We've recognized that what we need to be doing, um, you know, is trying to give things which, you know, are, are packages that offers uh, to make it make this thing, you know, more bite sized. Um, I mean, that's good in terms of being able to, for them, being able to understand what we can offer. So SmartGo, SmartGo is a package for workplaces. Um, and so it's focused on providing a range of travel discounts. Uh, so to, we recognize, you know, that if you're going to motivate people to do behavior change, um, the way to do that, let's say, is often driven by cost. You know, we'd love that, you know, people just to do it because actually it's, it's the right thing to do and it is the right thing to do. But, Reality also means actually we've got to show them actually the, the financial case as well. And so by providing, you know, something of a discount there, something of an incentive, it helps encourage them and nudges them towards that. And our experience has been that where we've seen, you know, we've offered discounts, maybe discounts of 10% on public transport. You know, we've seen up to around about 17% mode shift. So 17% of people moving from, you know, being in the car to actually giving the bus a go. You know, which is a, you know, a really great result. Um, so that's what Smart Go is a package that's been designed specifically for workplaces, uh, and to help them provide a set of discounts. So it comes with discounts. It comes with an online platform to make it easy for the business to engage. Uh, and it comes also with marketing support. Um, you know, we need employers obviously to spread the word, but we equally realize it needs, they need support in doing that as well. And so we provide that as well. Uh, and at the end of the, the session today, or something that I know we flagged is, you know, we'd like to give an opportunity and an offer, you know, for viewers of the podcast to say if they want to sample it and, and get a bit of a discount on the typical memberships, then Brilliant. that's provide. <laughs> so that's Amazing. Smart Go. Yeah, and, so, and I think what, what's wonderful about Smart Go and what I love about it is the um, the act. The acknowledgement that, you know, if you do want to create a movement and if you do want to create significant change, then you do need to understand what motivates and drives people's behavior. And, you know, as much as we want people to make those changes, not everybody is incentivized by sustainable travel and not everybody is is bought, as bought into it as, as some might be. So, you know, you're offering a solution to that challenge and also helping to engage people as well. Uh, and what I like about uh, what you just said is that you also offer marketing support as well. And how um, how beneficial have you found that to to be to your clients as well, the, the marketing um, side of it? Yeah, it's well received. I mean, the it's interestingly, I mean, as you employ the engagement with various employees, you know, you realize that there is no there's no single way that they do that. And, and most employees themselves internally struggle so much to get the word out. 
you know and so what we have to do and realize is that you know what we need to do is we provide a a range of a menu of different ways to do it you know for some employers have got really good intranets that's really a very easy way to get out there yeah but many employers you know they're not actually you know whether it's warehousing staff or it's retail staff you know they're just they're not behind a computer at all you know so you've got to find different ways you know and part of our sort of evolution of our product is looking at the other ways that, you know, new platforms that we could put that word out there. So, you know, we we wouldn't say, you know, yeah, we've sorted it and it's all it's all perfect. You know, we, we provide a range of things. So we find hard you can't sometimes beat hard print. You still need some of that. Um you wish in some ways you didn't, but it's sometimes the only way that actually the word spreads. Um but it's providing that range of different things to really try to, you know, um, reach all the different parts of the business uh, with the uh, different ways of, you know, engaging with the scheme. And from launching SmartGo in the first place, what have you found to be uh, the most successful way of engaging the employees uh, with the, the membership? Um, I think it's about really providing sort of the practical um, opportunities to come and talk you know because i think word of mouth as we know within marketing is so powerful so if you can actually be in have presence on the site you know be part of perhaps a larger events that are taking place within that employer you know it might be health and well-being it might be a focus around sustainability uh but being part of something so it's so the thing that makes the biggest difference is where you're within an organization you can align what you're doing with the culture you know, um, you know, because actually people then actually just say, well, why wouldn't you do it? Um, and the vast array of cultures, as you are an experience working through different employers, you know, how much that culture, um, the leadership from the top, um, the sense of can do makes a difference in terms of participation. And so, you know, you know, obviously our scheme is open to all, but, you know, we find where the biggest engagements are those with those employers that are certainly, well, actually, you know, where there is a sense of actually this is, you know, we, we're buying into it. And not all, you know, not all smart group members buying at the same level in the sense of their own a sort of emotional buying. Um, you know, we don't obviously make any uh, any sort of exceptions, you know, we, we open it to all, but we find the ones where the biggest engagement is where we can get face-to-face and where we can sense that actually there is that sense of actually we want to we really do generally want to support this and uh, make make the most of their uh, sort of investment that they've made. Because this is the uh, the ongoing challenge with uh, sustainability and uh, sustainable initiatives, isn't it? Because it is um, such. I think for a lot of us, it's a real emotional um, commitment to becoming more sustainable, to doing your bit, to protecting the environment, to really buying into uh, climate change and being more aware of what it is that we're doing. But that doesn't apply to everybody else either. So it's that kind of, you know, getting the the people that are already emotionally engaged, more engaged with what it is that you're doing, but then also sort of like helping spread the, the benefits to the people that aren't as engaged. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very much for us. We see it's kind of it's all about nudging people, you know. You know, it's about nudging people along that awful sort of sort of illustration. But you know, it's about it's about the journey they're on. You know, and different people are at different stages. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's about doing that. You know, we most people buy into what we do on a smart go really around from a staff benefits perspective. There are still even now, you know, not you know. Um, we have lots of conversation with employers saying, oh, yeah, this is absolutely the right thing to do. Um, and then it kind of goes into the process of getting signed off and things and always things take longer. 
than uh, you know than uh, the initial conversations uh, you know infer. Um, but often it's actually it's the HR side that actually says actually this is what we want to do. Um, I think over the next few years that will change because I think increasingly you know people are seeing well you know. <laughs> The, the, the need to reduce carbon impact is, you know, is going from the, you know, the desirable list onto the essential list, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, it's becoming more critical, business critical, you know, and so that will drive, you know, behaviours of businesses. And it depends also, obviously, what comes out of the, you know, policy level, you know, I think it's, and it's really good in terms of, you know, just, you know, two weeks ago in that, you know, Theresa May, you know, made that commitment around sort of uh, carbon zero of 2050, you know, so... That that in itself obviously doesn't make a big difference, but at least it, it sets a marker, mm. which actually then hopefully others then have, you know lead. So it kind of helps the kind of the uh, snowball of policy that need to go behind that, um, you know, because um, you know we haven't got we haven't got long, you know, in terms of actually turning things around. Uh, and even 2050 is too is is too long away at one level, but mm. we've kind of got to you know we've got to start somewhere and start to you know get heads around what we can do. You know, and carbon is uh, travel and transport in terms of carbon impact is something of the you know circa twenty twenty five percent depends which survey you look at. So it is a major thing um, as part of that equation, um, and it's often an invisible thing as well. You know, it's not something that people directly associate with. You know, they associate perhaps more, you know, about what they can do around sustainability to do with your recycling and things like that. Uh, and kind of our, you know, our mission is really is looking to get people in a similar way. You know, ultimately do ourselves out of a job by actually people mainstreaming sustainability. So yeah. people actually see it's the it's the thing that they would do in a similar way to a little bit now where recycling is at, and in some ways where you know things like fair trade are seen as being the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you know we've got some way to go. You know, we do a lot of business engagement, and so people just assume. Everything is just, as I say, is centered around car travel. And it's not that the car is evil, but there is uh, one of my pet issues at the minute is uh, businesses and their information that they provide to visitors and how they travel or when people, event organizers. And um, you know, I raised it a few weeks ago with somebody, but it, you know, typically they just assume everybody is going to come to those events by car. You know, and provide no other options and say, and then very helpfully to say, this is where you park your car, absolutely did the squats on anything else. You know, mm-hmm. and in some ways, we're kind of, we're kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying people can't use the cars at all, but if we're only presenting that as the options, then it's not surprising. We're not actually, you know, we're not challenged. We've got to just challenge each other to think, are there some other options for um, travel? Yeah. Absolutely. And so from if you look at sustainable travel and the way that businesses and organizations approach travel at the moment, what would you say are the kind of like biggest misconceptions in the industry right now? Well, I think there's some misconceptions around um, the cost of travel in terms of the options, really. And I think it's a difficult one because, you know, whether it's on the personal level around use of cars or the business use, there is an under there's an underplaying of the cost of travel that met cars incur. Uh, you know, just because if you get, you know, for your family or the personal use, you know, if the car's outside the house and it's got fuel in, yeah, and then you say, well, actually, why don't you use the the bus or the or the other things? 
you know, the only cost that maybe you'll associate with that trip is the is the parking cost you want you know and that's just there's no there's not really any great way around that but our response to that you know at a personal level or a business level is to say well yeah let's have cars available at both levels but let's as i say just try and break away from the sense of actually we all need to own one uh because actually if you move away from that 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 model of 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 ownership of, of cars it starts to free people up to think about the alternatives Mm-hmm. And think about actually, well, actually, I could use the bus for that. But if that car's out there, whether it's you know the car that's you know provided by the business, or it's a car that's at home for domestic activity, and if it's already out there and it's good to go, it becomes very difficult and quite irresistible <laughs> not to use it. Yeah. And, and and so you know the work that we're doing now with on housing schemes is looking at things like car clubs, so having cars available for the community to use, but freeing them up from having the ownership hassle of them. But being able to, you know, use them by the hour, uh, very obviously very successful now in London. You know, people, operators like Zipcar and others, um, and we need to provide that. We provide that menu so that that's really, you know, to challenge that conception misconception that there is around, you know, that actually I think cost of travel is one that is one of the biggest barriers um, because we need to say help people understand that there are real costs there. And, the, you know, the one of the challenges really around parking, uh, it's a real difficult one, but workplace parking, some cities are now starting to look at that at a policy level to whether they should do, you know, actually start to apply a cost um, because we assume there is a thing called free parking. Well, somebody's paying for it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an equality issue here as well. Um, you know, we would say, you know, when it comes to parking, you know, where if a workplace is providing free parking for, people to bring their cars so what are they doing then for people that can't bring the cars or haven't got a car you know they there should be in a state and quality issue there should be you know really actually providing support for them because that parking space in the workplace is costing you know at the very least you know it's costing it to be maintained uh it could be costing even more because it may be an opportunity cost that actually they could be actually doing something more productive with that piece of land yeah so you know so there's another kind of challenge really i think where misconception is really around the whole thing about workplace parking and and i I know it can get incredibly emotive you know we work with nhs trust you know so you know where you know you start you start applying applying costs for visitors or for staff you know and you'll get you know certain political persuasions you'll say that that's unfair as well because you're you pay you know, taxing the the sick or the the essential workers, so there's not an easy answer. But these are things that we've got to grapple with um, and understand and and try to level that playing field because sustainable transport generally kind of works, as I say, from a place of disadvantage, mm. um, whereas it should be in a place of advantage and where actually we, we it's about giving you know greater access to choices of transport. Uh, and also, obviously, encouraging, as I say, more greater take of more sustainable options. Yeah. I think, personally, I always wish that insurance companies would be a little bit more open or flexible in terms of insuring vehicles, because I lived in Italy for 18 months um, many years ago. But in Italy, you insure the car, not the driver of the car. So mm. if you own a car, then anybody can can drive that car. And it just creates so much flexibility around it. Whereas in this country, you insure the car and the driver. And if you want to then add mm. people on, you've got to call your insurer, you've got to pay in excess, you've got to mm. go, you know, sort mm. of jump through all of these hoops. And I think from a personal 
observation, I guess, um, like having that flexibility with insurance would be a lot easier. But I can imagine that's just me sort of saying that without really understanding the whole situation, um, which I'm, I'm sure happens all of the time. Um, but if we just backtrack a little bit, because you've, you've kind of got into, as you said, quite a complex industry, trying to solve quite a complex challenge. So you you set up Go Travel Solutions um, all those years ago, and then you decided, okay, I'm now going to launch Smart Go. And then at a later date, you said, right, okay, I'm going to launch uh, Local Go to solve these challenges. Mm-hmm. So what what made you go and launch these two new innovative solutions um, in addition to then running the company mm-hmm. that you formed in 2011? Yeah, it's all about really helping to give it, make it easier for you know our customers and also be a, you know a little bit more market savvy from our side. So, you know, to... The thing is that with a consultancy, um, like you know, Go Travel Solutions, we provide a whole range of services, and um, which is great. And but equally, it's not necessarily that that tailor made or customised to think about well, actually, what's in the what's in it for a business. So SmartGo is really that response where they say, well, here, this is what we do, but in a in a in a sort of reoriented package to make it sort of easier for you as a business to engage and actually benefit. Um, you know, because sometimes in the CEO consultants they think, well. Okay, I can see you can do all these, you know, those pieces of different work that you can do surveys, you can, you can do uh, fleet reviews. Um, but actually, so th- that may not immediately be also something which a business is interested in. That's opposed in many ways to say something like where SmartGo, where we're talking there, it's a universal offer, you know, where actually any business really you would think has some interest. Though some businesses hide it very well <laughs> around helping to support staff, <laughs> you know, and thinking about it's actually a good thing to help encourage and, and support staff in terms of their travel to work, and actually in doing that, in a, you know, to encourage sustainable options, particularly. So, you know, SmartGo is our response. Really, is our way of helping to sort of translate what we do, and actually say, look, here is a business. Here's something. Is here's a way of actually benefiting directly from what we are the experience and expertise we've got in that way. I mean, it just so happens then it's a very helpful, I suppose, business development tool because somebody might, you know, we've got examples where businesses are bought into SmartGo, you know, because they want to support their staff. And then out of that, then actually other consultancy services that we provide have then, uh, you know, actually then been been sort of, uh, you know, procured, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, it's given a, a fairly easy entry. And as you know, Charlie, you know, so much of, so much of this sort of business is about the relationships, the trust, the credibility you build up, uh, and so by going that way around, it, it's a it's a different it's a it's a it's, it's a it's a productive way of doing that. So that was you know that's why we set up SmartGo, you know, because also we recognise so much, you know, when SmartGo essentially is about actually here's a, here's a scheme that will help to save you money. That's such a common currency, with, you know, amongst all employers, you know. Um, so it's. Um, it's providing something which, as I say, isn't trying to, it's not trying to preach to people. You know, say, well, actually, it's about saying, well, if you've got an interest in saving money, then let's have a conversation. So that's, you know, why it's smart go and it's, it's tailor made so to make it easier for business to then use it and apply it within a, a business context. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, and then for local go, it's very much a sort of the, it's a, it's a, it's a system to that. You know, it's the same principles. Um, it's about saving money. It's using the relationships that we've got with transport providers, um, but then translating that into the context of a community 
and typically a community would be like a new uh, housing uh, development. So you know we, we've, we're now using this with a particular large scheme in, in Leicestershire, New Lubberthorpe, you know, 4,250 houses eventually, you know, and using that as a platform to then engage with the, the residents. Um, so once again, it's about providing a brand which is a say is a say is more targeted at what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we were trying to sell go travel solutions, they'll say, okay, that's interesting. But once again, you do all these sorts of things. Tell me what you know. Tell me what's relevant for me, and that's what you know, local go is about. Saying actually, these are the things which are relevant, and then tailor making a package of uh, of offers, incentives, and support which helps to support them. You know, and and it then becomes that becomes the gateway that they enter. Uh, in there and then you know for the, the clients in that situation the client's not the employer but the clients is the it's the landowner it's the developer it's the house builder they're the ones that you know where we're saying we're selling that to them to say look you know you have a duty here um either you know at the very least there's always a, a moral duty and most of them have sometimes a planning obligation duty mm. to actually do something here to support people because we can't you know we can't keep as a building these new car dependent housing states we've got to find ways of actually providing choice and options there um, and so that's what local go is you know is a way of actually helping to do that which is to say is something that we can then you know promote and market to the, the house builders the developers the landowners and also that becomes an interface then for the residents as a way that they can then access the benefits yeah and what i love about everything that you've just said there and and before about um, all of the solutions that you're offering is all that underlying theme around engagement. Uh, I think a lot of people um, undervalue the importance of engagement because it's not just, you know, it's like with marketing, you have to engage with your um, your target market, but then, you know, the companies that you're selling to, they then need to engage with their stakeholders either up upwards or downwards or inwards mm-hmm. and you know there's such a, a key part of engagement especially with um trying to create a movement trying to create change um you can't do that without engaging people in the messaging and the reasons why it is that you're doing what you're doing yeah For sure. that, that's right and, and i think we find that you know it's about it's keeping that in if that that fresh you know i mean i think i think over time over the next few years i think we will see increasingly they the messaging will change as well. I mean, in, you know, when I started, in, you know, when we started the business in 2008, it was it was kind of in that naive way. way. It was very much built on the, the green ticket, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, people are going to really buy into that. And then I found out over time that people not necessarily, and, and that still very much is the, is the, is the kind of the, you know, is, is, is what cuts through a common core of what we do is around sustainability but the language we use as, mm. as, as you know speaking it's more change towards it's about ways of saving costs and at, say, at the same time saving carbon but i do think actually you know i think the carbon um conversation is only going to increase which means that you know i think the communication and the engagement we'll do will will change to, you know will increase and bring that into it more so yeah, I completely agree with you. I think my um, one of my earlier podcast guests, uh, Michael Groves, he was talking about, um, so his business is all around uh, tracking um, the movement of waste around the world uh, and recycling. And he set that business up uh, nearly six years ago. And he was just sort of saying, you know, it's like, everybody's talking about plastic pollution and uh, plastic going to the um, going into the oceans and everybody's super like heightened um, like they're very very aware of the situation right now 
Um, but five years ago, they weren't talking about it as much. And I guess it's the same with travel. It's, you know, it's like it will gradually start becoming more and more important, especially in the media and for, for people talking about it, which will, I guess, make make your life easier. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also, ultimately, yeah, we'll do, you know, we should do ourselves out of a job, you know. But I think we're, we've got a few years yet. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately, as I said, our mission is really around, is around sort of mainstream, you know, travel and transport and certainly an element of that at some point you know we'll hopefully we'll get there but yeah it's not uh it's not a year or two away you know no. there's, a, there's a massive amount of change so uh yeah i think we're, we're still good in that sense but yeah i mean our, our hope and passion really is that you know we can see we really do see some substantial change because you know we need to we need to make that change yeah, I think my mind's taking me more towards not necessarily the cost saving benefits of um, sustainable travel, not taking the car. But for me, it was always a huge source of stress. You know, I, I used to have to commute uh, an hour and 10 minutes to work um, at one point, did that for a year. And if you hit traffic, it was just like I used to arrive at work so stressed out, you know, like you get all of this road rage and you just feel like completely hurt. And I'm sure there's a lot of statistics around, um, you know, sort of inefficient workers due to road rage and, and stressful travel. Whereas what I like, you know, if I try to get the train as much as possible to business meetings and, and travel by train and by bus, because then I can at least read a book, listen to a podcast, yep. you know, or, or do do something that's not stressing me out quite as much as yeah. sitting in traffic, which is a huge waste of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's dead. It's, uh, so often it's dead time, and it's not. You know, it's, it's it's so so unproductive. You know, what we try and do really within sort of business travel times is think about is once again, you know, because you know, you compare the cost the costs of travel, you know, business travel, you know, whether you go by car or you go by train. It's not just about the financial cost, even if you, you know, because actually, you know, there's, as you've just indicated, there's, you get, you know, with train, you get some time back, you know, okay, you may not necessarily be 100% productive. And I, I find some of my best moments are on the train, as it were, just in terms of thinking time, yeah. um, you know, but the chances of doing that in a car are, are very slim. And, you know, there's, you know, you, and you could actually, you could end up in a negative place, like you say, because if you've had a bad journey, then that's not good for your next client. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I do remember when I came to see you, I got the train and it was snowing right. <laughs> and I couldn't actually find your office. So I think I arrived at your site, like just a little bit stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, an extreme example there, I know, but hey-ho. Um, so just a quick question, like when you launched um, SmartGo, um, you know, obviously it's a new concept and, and something that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a prob- it's a problem that you solve and, and also has lots of other benefits to it were there any sort of like challenges that you faced trying to launch this new product and community and concept um i think usual challenges sometimes you get with any new initiative you know so sometimes it's about the challenges are really around um you know just in terms of finding your market identifying the where the hot spots are you know um you know, so, you know, it tends to be now we found that, you know, it tends to be it's the larger employers. I mean, there's also a sense of actually that just makes sense more business model wise because okay, the economies of scale. So I think one of the challenges there was about is really just sourcing that and, and still we're learning, you know, in that area. Um, you know, so it's not about thinking, yeah, well, we've sorted out how to get to market. You know, we're still thinking, you know, with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, the use of LinkedIn, the use of all other ways of getting those, building those one-to-one contacts, because we find that often that's the thing, you know, and we've, you know, we spent some investment in, in the various forms of um, activity around marketing around that. And, you know, we found, you know, found the things that don't work, you know, 
um, you know, the things that do will not work. And a lot of it is really around actually is, is establishing that relationship with the key individuals. And that's one of the challenges of our work, I suppose, around identifying individuals in an organization um, isn't isn't straightforward. I mean, if you're if you're selling accountancy services and you're looking to sell it into businesses, then it's you know probably a fairly obvious you want to get in touch with the, the FD um, and that other business. Uh, in our in our world, then it's not it's not it's not obvious. There are exception exceptional cases. There are um, an organisation. The very largest ones will have perhaps people that are in the travel travel planning space. You know, they'll have somebody who takes on that. Um, so often, though, there isn't somebody who's sort of the, the person with responsibility for the workplace. It'll often be a responsibility that's divvied up, you know, between different functions. It might be a, so sometimes, yeah, the finance person's got an interest. The person who heads up facilities has got an interest. The HR's got an interest. The corporate responsibility manager's got an interest. And you might have, you know, the sustainability environment manager as well. So it's both, you know, a, a strength and a weakness or a bit of a blessing and a curse in that. You've got so many people you can have a conversation with, um, but the, the problem is where so many people have got an interest, actually then getting the thing over the line <laughs> sometimes just takes a lot, lot longer. Um, I mean, we found out, I think we've we found also now over time, actually, is actually, we know now, actually, typically uh, for 80% of the time is HR. That's that's who we, we engage with because there's a pragmatic part to that. They, they may they may already have a staff benefits platform so they've got an interest they've got potentially budget you know which is kind of fairly important in business because <laughs> there's no point chasing chasing something when they're actually they've got no resource to yeah. support it so that's something that we've kind of learned over time you know about actually who who is actually who's got the best fit you know with what we're offering mm-hmm. um you know that's certainly the thing that we've got a bit you know we've got smarter on there but it's not you know, it's, it's it's still an, an evolving process. Yeah, I, I guess it's some great advice for anybody listening, really. And and it's that kind of I think you always learn by experiencing it yourself, don't you? Is that you know understanding who is the best person to invest the most of your time? Because if you just talk to everybody that's interested in what it is that you're offering, mm. you can then just spend your whole your whole life developing those relationships and and talking to lots of people. And it's not saying that you know you can't talk to anybody that's interested, but it's making sure that you identify the key person within that that business or within that sort of buying chain uh, to you know sort of invest the most time in because then they're the person that can actually move it forward yeah yeah absolutely yeah so for sure and I know that we're uh, running shy of time here today uh, but are there any are there any kind of things that you want to share with our listeners in terms of um, advice on launching uh, new sort of technology new initiatives into the market based on your own experiences uh, or any kind of like parting words of wisdom um, I don't know whether words of wisdom. I don't know really. Others will decide really. But I mean, I suppose it's um, you know, there's no substitute. You know, part of my experience is at the end of the day is is, is, is you know, you've got to be tenacious. You know, it's certainly the obvious, isn't it? Really, because I say there are days, good days, and days not so good where you know you you've got challenges. You know, where you've got projects or clients where things start and where you get to end the projects and you're trying to then obviously. Um, maintain, you know, and develop the business. So tenaciousness is, you know, is, is part and parcel, you know, you know, and things I'm, you know, particularly at the minute, just looking at is where is is trying, you know, within a business, it's about sort of um, um, increasingly, you know, it's working as say as I say away from the operational, 
you know, where I don't, I don't need to be involved in the operational, you know, and that's often, you know, as a business grows, it's difficult, as I say, when somebody's you know, been heavily involved and say doing less of the, the day-to-day because actually it's about developing. And we've certainly got a very clear idea, I think, you know, where that business, that future business will come from. So, you know, you know, particularly within our country and our, our area, you know, with our, certainly our patch within the Midlands, there is so much to say housing schemes and developments that we see that and use of local go and other services uh, has been, you know, something that would be very fruitful. You know, so in terms of, you know, lessons for others, really, it's, you know, as we touched on, you know, understand your market, understand what, what ticks their box, you know, um, you know, it's key, uh, a level of tenaciousness there going forward. Um, you know, and the tenaciousness and the passion go together, really, you know, because so that's, at the end of the day, you want to be doing something, you know, which actually really, as I say, excites and motivates you, you know, because as I say, because it will, it will take more than 37 hours a week. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, don't, you don't, I mean, okay, you've got to, you've got to manage that as well and not obviously go, you go stupid on hours. But the reality is if you, you set up a business and, and, and whether it's in good days or bad days, then the reality is you will find it difficult just to, you know, do it as a nine to five job. You know, the two things uh, don't go hand in hand. So you've got to make sure, you know, that actually what you're doing at the end of the day is actually true to your values and, and what and why your passion is really, you know, uh, in terms of that's the way the way to proceed. Uh, great advice, because I know that that was one thing that rang true when I met uh, you and the, the the team that you've built around you is that you all share a real passion and drive to make that change and, and about what you're doing. So it's always, uh, especially for me, working with clients and working with teams, it's always nice to see uh, teams that are aligned with a set of values and a set of goals and, you know, wanting to make that change. Um, and yeah, exactly like you said, that if you're going to start a business, especially if you want to start a movement, start some change, innovate, it's not a 37, it's not a nine to, nine to five job. So you do need to be passionate about it to ride the good times and the bad as well. Yeah. For sure. Brilliant. So um, what's the best way to keep in touch with you or find out more if anybody if anybody wants to learn more? Um, best ways, I mean, there's a uh, is good old you know website. So you know the, the website, which I think you'll probably put a link up there. Uh, Everything will the, be in the show notes. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's yeah there's the, our, our company website, is the, which is go travel solutionscom That's our website for the business, and then we've got separate websites for SmartGo, and that you know particularly if there are you know we're business owners listening, um, we've got as say the SmartGo package, and we've got as say. They're happy to offer, you know, a discount on that, twenty five percent up to the end of September. So viewers and listeners to the to the webcast, um, you know, to do that, but that will um, and say, and then the I think your details will be on the website in terms of how people access that. Yeah. Um, so the SmartGo website, SmartGo.co.uk, and then LocalGo is uh, LocalGo.co.uk, and that's for the uh, scheme for residential schemes. Brilliant. And yeah, yep. like Robin said, I will include all of these links and all of this information in the show notes on my website, which is charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. And um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, Robin. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay. Many thanks, Charlie. All cool. the best. And good luck with everything. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. When you're working on exciting projects in tech or trying to change the world, it's hard to focus on marketing and it might not seem like a big priority for you right now. Talking about what you're working on and the driving force behind why you're doing it will help you raise your profile in your industry and keep your audience up to date and interested. My goal for this podcast is to share the amazing things that businesses and individuals are working on that will shape the world of tomorrow. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share it with the others that you think would benefit. If you liked it loads, then feel free to leave me a review. All the show notes and any links mentioned in today's episode will be available on my website. That's charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.